chug. Come on. Check. You can do there it. You can do it. Chug, chug, chug. Come on, YouTube. Yay! There hey, we are. YouTube made it. There we are. I can see us. All right. I think, I think, if my calculations are correct, we are officially live. All right. <laughs> yeah, just a little late. It's okay. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 234, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. Mm -hmm. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us late on this Wednesday night or on the replay in podcast form over on mm -hmm. Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We do read all Super Chats on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, and if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic oh, yeah. or not, let us know in the chat, and we will give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Only a dollar, too. One dollar. One dollar. One dollar gets you in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, those freak shows of old. Just one dollar yeah. gets you in. One dollar. You come and experience the freak show. That's our Discord channel. One dollar brings you to the beard show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the beard contest. Yes. Uh, this is the longest I've let mine go for quite a while. You know, um, I, I've been doing the same thing, too. Usually I keep mine fairly closely cropped uh but i'm gonna i'm just gonna see how far i can let this whole thing go yeah before before uh, my wife gets annoyed and she's like no okay you gotta trim it right exactly yeah uh i mean 2020 when we first locked everything down right. uh i just kind of let it go and i i went back recently and watched the i quit video which was almost right, two years ago right. now yeah. uh good god i was haggard <laughs> yeah <laughs> not only was it long but it was just like uh, it was horrible. Yeah. Uh, now it's actually got a nice form to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not doing too bad. But uh, yeah, boy, well, you could tell I was done yes. with that job. <laughs> you can, that's that's the dream, though. I mean, you don't grow a beard just to grow a beard. You want like a right. man wants to shape their beard. Right. Either like Viking braids or yeah. like a giant grizzly Adam thing. There's a there's a point to it. Yeah, Fu Manchu, there's going to be a point to it. Right, you exactly. Just let it go crazy. Right, um, and and so far I've done a pretty good job keeping this one up. Uh, yeah. I did have just the chin for quite a while, and and oh, yeah. I I got like you know a multiple fingers long kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I actually have a shot from when I was uh, admitted to the emergency room at one point, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the point which my wife told me to shave. Like that's all that came out of that trip to the emergency room. <laughs> she uh, didn't care about anything else. Just oh god. Right. Well, <laughs> if I, you I, die, you're gonna look terrible. So please. I went in there under concern of a heart attack in my 20s, yeah. and uh, it turned out to be just fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a heart issue that was uncovered, but it was benign and, and yada yada. But uh, uh, someone took a picture of me in the hospital bed, and I had my, my head like this as well, and so it just accentuated the beard, and it was just like this... <laughs> This, this big old <laughs> coming off of me. Yeah. And she goes, you got to do something about that. <laughs> that can't be the last picture I see of you. <laughs> uh, yes. So, but uh, we're, we're taking a second, second crack at it. We're going to see how long we can make this thing go. All right. Uh, 
Anyway, getting the show started tonight, Tech Geek sends mm. over $50. Thank you. Oh, wow. So much. Starting, starting in hot. sir. Evening, gents. Rendering on my 3080 Ti tonight and YouTube triples frame time. So premium janked TM solution for the <laughs> night to play on my laptop, pipe headphones into line in on my desktop and use the fourth monitor to mirror the laptop screen. I have lived that life. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're doing so much, so many different things at once, and you don't have enough physical screens to put everything on. Yes. And it's like, I've got an iPad, and I can, like, create a fake fifth monitor and pipe something out. In fact, I have a picture of that setup at one point right. um, where I was doing something, and uh, I had, like, multiple, like, giant exp- excel spread tables out and Mm -hmm. and whatnot i'm trying to consolidate all this data down and it's like i am literally just out of real estate yeah i i am i am out of uh, horizontal real estate i'm gonna have to go vertical next if i want to expand which i might (laughs) i mean maybe a third monitor up there that'd be kind of cool yeah yeah i mean you got to put discord somewhere yeah i know (laughs) i'm already i'm already like ah gosh where do i put it put over there yeah put it over there yep uh, anyway, reason I was late tonight, my family was actually out of town for the last nine days. Um, they spent some time in Kansas with some family and then, uh, did some sightseeing while they were over there. Uh, so they left last Tuesday and they literally just flew back tonight. Uh, and anyone who knows 205 on a weeknight in Portland, uh, yeah, their flight landed at 520. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it was awful. Of course. If you ever are late, and this is just a general rule, yeah. if you're ever late and you don't want any follow-up questions, the answer is always diarrhea. Yeah, just, that's you just say that no one's yeah. gonna no one's gonna yeah. question it. No one's Gas- gonna want any follow-up questions. Gastrointestinal distress. <laughs> you just say that, and they'll be like, "Oh, I understand." I had some, and you just Walk like kind of like put your hand on your gut, and they're like, "Say yeah, no more, fam." Go. Yeah, 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 and then just like once or twice through the night, just kind of go. just yeah just just kind of uncomfortably shifting your seat yeah just wait on one leg for a second yeah uh so anyway i kind of scarfed my dinner down right before i sat down so i made myself just a nice little neat old-fashioned well not Mm -hmm. neat but it's on a on a single rock uh i've got some noble oak double rye oh Uh, i've had that before and is that is that the port aged one or is that the uh, uh yes the yeah this is the the port wine oak staves mm-hmm. uh yes. is what this was aged in so it's it wasn't a port barrel but it was the they chopped oh, a yeah, barrel staves, and yeah staves yeah yeah they chopped yeah, the barrel I had that and dunked one, it in i i how is it with an old-fashioned because i i just had it neat and i thought it was just okay neat but uh, just neat um it's it's okay uh, my impression neat was it was a little bit muted um mm-hmm. uh where, um it's like Normally with a rye, you get especially that that real spicy cinnamon. Yes, like, yes. Kind of like, that's what I was expecting, was and I very, thought that maybe the the staves um, may have done it. I don't know. Right, and and I think that's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I I think probably they brought out some char and some flavor in the original aging, but then the port brought it back down. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking too, because I was uh, a little disappointed. In an old fashioned, it's it's a little sweet. It's it's oh, a little okay. Um, it's more like a bourbon old fashioned. Um, it's it's actually slightly too sweet for even my taste. Um, but uh, in fact, you probably saw me right before we we shot. I took a sip and then I actually topped it off again uh, with whiskey. <laughs> a little bit more. That's yeah, I'm just, I'm I just need just a little bit more in this. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's funny how my you know, your drinking matures. Like when you first start out, it's like, oh yeah, give me those 
watermelon puckers and mix all that stuff. <laughs> and then now if you try drinking that, you're just like, oh, God, that's a good, just a giant yeah. sugar bomb. I don't want to. Yeah. Wah. Little Bartles and James for you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Comfort is just, that's too sweet. Oh, God. Way too sweet. Uh, yeah. I, it's just straight, straight whiskey for me. That's okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> straight whiskey, the rye the better. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing is like, I've, I, I've kind of stayed away from like uh, liqueurs and stuff like that. I mean, once in a while, if it sounds interesting, I might try it. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's just, you know, bourbon, rye, whiskeys, yep. Irish whiskeys. Yep. Uh, we've got a couple comments. We've got uh, RS is having a Bellhaven Wee Heavy. Uh, oh, yeah. Wee yeah. Heavy. Yep. Uh, Jeremy is drinking a Cherry Coke tonight. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Build from Above uh, has some 805. Good standard IP. Oh, yeah. 805 is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Steez, uh drinking from the freshest bottled water from Poland Spring as I'm going to bed. <laughs> Sounds delicious, actually. Yeah. Uh, Skull's got a revolution brewing cryo hero. Oh, nice. I do like a good good cryo hop. I would be interested in trying that one sometime. Uh, let's see. The Basis 95 has a spiked vanilla shake. Hmm. Uh, you know, you and I have done some spiked shakes before. <laughs> yes, we did. Well, we went to CES, and that was actually quite good. Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> uh gosh what was that uh, uh steak it, steak shack steak and shake steak and shake or, yeah, uh, yeah 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 so i got the what was it the i think it was a strawberry it was a banana it was a strawberry milkshake. uh we tried the banana it wasn't as good it was the strawberry yeah. milkshake with the myers rum yes and that was that mm. was really good oh <laughs> i was surprised at how much i really really liked that it wasn't even just like vacation good it was genuine i would have this every night good yeah yeah it was really good <laughs> uh sean's got a can of arizona iced tea uh let's see let's do two more uh michael's got a three floyds brewing zombie dust pale ale six and a half percent oh yeah i've seen zombie dust yeah. uh next one i see is uh uh polar natterns polar natins polar natins i think uh dirk has a polar natins paradise age 19 months Ooh. All right. Wow. Uh, Steve, what do you got? All right. So today I got um, a lot of local breweries. In fact, all local breweries, all Oregon. Uh, first one up, I have Fort George's Power Cycle, which has got the uh, big wheels power bike on here, the pow, pow, power <laughs> wheels bike. Everybody had as a kid. Yes. The plastic one. Oh, yeah. Everyone took that down a hill way faster oh, yeah. than it was ever intended. <laughs> yep. Trying to, to pedal backwards to, to break. Like, how, to, how, to, how to power slide on that thing. Got to drift it. Mm hmm. And then I also have from Level uh, Beer, Fatality, which nice. I have had before, but I think this is going to be their yearly release now. Mm -hmm. They're going to be doing fatalities a yearly release, so that's just going to be should be different each year. And it looks like they kind of rebranded it because before they used to have like fighting characters on the front. Now this just has yeah that they had some genuine knockoff Mortal Kombat characters before. Yes, yes they did. Uh, I wonder if they got a C and D for that. Maybe, maybe that's what it was because yeah. a lot of their can art it, borders. It's pushing some lines yeah, with a lot of it. 
And uh, on reserve, in case I want it, uh, I have uh, Crux Fermentation Project, uh, Kiki Magic. Nice. Which is a hazy IPA, which I've actually had this one before, and it's actually quite good. So I'm going to put that third if I feel like it. All right. Uh, so I've got my Old Fashioned made with the Noble Oak, uh, and I also pulled down uh, just a single can, but a good single can here from Oregon. Oh, the Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder 2022. Yeah. Uh, I have not had the 2022, but it's, I, I, that's a great beer. Neither have I. Uh, so this is a, an annual release from Rogue. Um, they do. I actually have the bottle that matches this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Rogue being a, a uh, brewery and distillery and meadery and cidery, and uh, they own tons of different farms around Oregon. And so mm-hmm. uh, they make their own grain. They uh, mash it themselves. They distill it themselves. They make beer. They make cider. They make mead. They make Mm -hmm. liquors. Um, But the advantage of doing that, all literally in the same warehouse, is you can go, well, you know, we've got this really good stout, and we've got this really good whiskey. Let's take that really good whiskey and bottle it, and let's take that stout and put it in those whiskey barrels. Let's let them age for a year. Mm -hmm. You know what? Once we empty that... Let's put the whiskey back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got symmetry here. Like, right. no, no waste. No waste. Right. Here. And so this is the stout that went into those whiskey barrels. So this is the Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout. Um, I also have the uh, the Rogue Stouted Whiskey, which is the whiskey that was aged in a new American oak barrel uh, that was then replaced with stout and aged for a year and then they took the stout out and then they put the whiskey back in and aged that for another year and so you have a stout infused whiskey um oh and it's cask strength yeah <laughs> so it's a good it's a good bottle it's a oh, really yeah, the good chances rogue the brewery that brought you beer made from foot fungus i don't think it was foot fungus i think it was beard fungus there's beard beer yeah uh, beard, beard, beard yeast the beard yeast yes yeah. i think it was beard beer i don't remember them doing a foot fungus one though. yeah um, but they did do the beard beer and I actually quite liked it. I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty good. Uh, I got a couple super chats and then let's get this show on the road. Mo Zamboni sends over $2 aging myself, ultimate pucker for the win. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not aging yourself. No, every puckers is still out there. In yep. fact, uh, when my nephew turned 21, he like tried a couple things and he's like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Just try it. Let me make you a drink with puckers. He's like, oh, this is good. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, revel in that because it's not going to last long. Pretty yeah. soon it's going to be way too sweet for you. Yep. Uh, then Elma sends over 500 yen. Thank you very much. Hello, gents. Just drinking water since the Navy doesn't day drink <laughs> anymore, anymore. LOL. Anymore. <laughs> that what, you know of. <laughs> what, what happened to the daily allotment of gin? Like, yeah, for God's sakes, you got to fight the scurvy. The Navy Strength Gin, man. That stuff's great. Navy Grog? Oh, God, there's nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better than that. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, there's uh, Big Bottom, which is another Oregon distillery, makes a mm-hmm. fantastic uh, Navy Gin. Uh, it is 52%, like like 100, oh, yeah. 104, yeah. 105 ABV. Navy Strength uh, is, is uh, up there. It's like... It's like... Yeah. 48 and above i believe yeah navy strength yeah so yeah 96 proof and up or something like that yeah, yeah. there's there's broke triple digits it's mm-hmm. it's in the 105 110 range um it's a fantastic gin i mean there's 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 a reason why i like 
getting my peacoat on, going out to the Oregon coast, smoking a pipe and sipping on my gin with the wind blowing on me. Yeah. Just to feel just to feel like an old sea captain. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have done that same thing. Uh, in fact, uh, I think it was Rhett hosted a show with John and I and I bombed him in the middle of my vacation from the uh -huh. beach with a pipe and a thing of gin. <laughs> <laughs> I was somewhere between uh depot bay and newport <laughs> yeah i think that's where i was at depot bay when i did yeah that, yeah man. i was somewhere right along that coastline mm -hmm. like under a bridge <laughs> is where <laughs> I was. good times good times oh yeah all right let's uh dive into the news starting with uh apple is officially 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 uh officially. 114 is navy says bearded tech or bearded it guy oh, okay 114 um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Apple is officially, officially discontinuing the iPod. Oh, the wah, end of an era. Want, want. Uh, yes, the device that started the music revolution. And people are going to second guess history. But I can tell you that the Rio and the Pop didn't write history. <laughs> no. <laughs> neither did the click neither did the like the, there were so many so many mp3 players that oh yeah try as they might yeah could not break through to that next level um and like i went through so many mp3 players uh well that's a lie i was a mini disc guy <laughs> <laughs> i still have my mini disc player um but I also went through a number of different, you know, media players here and there throughout right. the, the early 2000s. And uh, there was something magical about the plug and play nature of the iPod ecosystem yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. um, of, do you want to buy music from iTunes? Cool. Download it and hit sync. And you mm -hmm. will have your entire music library on a device that fits in your pocket. Um if you have your own CDs, cool. Put your CD in the drive, hit this button right here to pull it down and put it onto your hard drive and then press sync. And now your entire CD library fits in your pocket. Yeah. Um, no one else did that. No one else had that simplicity. No, the the thing, the simplicity. Right. Yeah. The thing that may have come close was... Um, was actually windows believe it or not mm. uh and i'm not talking about i'm not talking about the zune i'm talking nope. about pre-zune days with uh, the media player windows with media player? uh with uh devices like the creative zen um, oh, right, right, and, right. Okay. and whatnot they they came in you know uh four and eight gigabyte models and mm -hmm. this this post dates the the ipad or the ipod this came out after the ipod but they had devices that synced with windows media player yeah, that, I never had used and Mini Windows player, yeah. and Windows Media Player had essentially the same functionality, but with WMAs. Mm -hmm. And so you could one button rip your rip your CDs. You could one button burn custom CDs. You could one button sync your library to a device, and it worked in much the same way that the iPod did. But for some reason, it it never got the mass adoption that the iPod did. Well. And, to be fair, the media player was a little kludgy. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of the interfaces. And 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 I think it all comes down to UX. Like like yeah. the UI, I think actually was there. It was the user experience. 
that mm-hmm. detracted from Windows and Windows Media gaining any sort of foothold in the market, or at least a, right. a, a measurable foothold in the market. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, people love Macs. Yeah, Mac still makes up, what, 5% of the overall ecosystem? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love Linux. Yeah, and everyone who uses Linux worldwide probably watches my channel, all 250,000 <laughs> of you. So I'm just saying, like, something that's popular doesn't make it defining or right. genre oh, yeah. making creating path you know pathfinding you know um the ipod for better or worse was a trendsetter it it oh it definitely was it did everything right it did very little wrong and uh you got to give it give credit where credit's due so yeah zune for the win yeah uh if the other 30 people had shouted that as well zune may have done better yeah, because I heard I never. I think Zune just came way too late uh, to the game. Mm-hmm. It was kind of at that point, right at that cusp when smartphones were about to be released. That's the problem: is it came out and, after the iPhone. Yeah, and, and well, I so mean, but the iPhone was 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 obviously revolutionary, but people still liked their iPad, yeah, or their iPod and stuff like yeah. that. And so uh, it was right at that cusp where it was supposed to get popular, and yeah. people liked it. They liked it. Right. But uh, it just was too little too late. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying the Zune was not a good product. I agree yeah. that it was a fantastic product. Um, the problem is, where do you launch in the market? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and your ti- timing is everything. Uh, yeah. Timing, a little bit of luck, a little bit of user buy-in, and a little bit of fanboyism, and you've got yourself a dynamite product. Yeah. Look at... You can see the little sliver of it right up here. That little white thing. That's my Ion Neo. Only 9,400 of you have watched my Ion Neo review. And that's embarrassing. Um, uh, Like it's one of the worst performing videos on my channel in a long time. Uh, But here's the the deal with the Ion Neo review that I did. I put 25 minutes into that review. I put just as much effort into that review as yep. I did the GPD Win 3 and mm-hmm. and writing my Steam OS reviews. And by the yep. way, I have another one cooking. Um, but uh, sorry, 12,900. Um, but for me, that that's a bomb. That is like, yeah, boy, that's barely even worth the effort of turning the camera on. Um, <laughs> but why did my GPD Win 3 review, which also was kind of a bomb on my channel, but also did like 35 or 40,000 views. Um, why did that do so much better? Well, it was announced and released before, before the Steam Deck. Steam one, yeah. The and Steam Deck came out and everybody did that, yeah. Once the Steam Deck is out, all anyone wants to hear about is Steam, Steam Deck. Deck. Uh, and I'm not here to say the Steam Deck is a bad product. I've... I literally have been swapping back and forth between my Ion Neo Next and the Steam Deck. They are both fantastic products. The Ion Neo Next is a better product, but it also costs twice as much and also has mm-hmm. some user interface issues that could probably be solved with SteamOS. But SteamOS won't mm-hmm. work on the Steam Deck yet, and I even I even tried the the Hollow ISO, the Ho- Hollow OS, um, which uh, is basically taking Arch and applying the SteamOS layout on top of it it, yeah getting you 99 percent of the way there and the same uh game compatibility and ease of use and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff um uh the touch screen doesn't work on the ion neo next 
the custom buttons do not work. Um, so I, I don't have a Steam button or a, a menu oh, button. Yeah. Um, which kind of ruins the experience. Right kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that there's, oh, and the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> like, <yeah>. Right. <laughs> Just a small thing. Right, which that could probably be solved because that is a modular component on the INEO. So I could probably swap out that card for a compatible one. But okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't work yet. Um, but the problem is it comes out at a fairly decent price. It starts at like twelve fifty, goes up to fifteen hundred, and for a mobile gaming PC, and with that kind of power, yeah, with that kind of power, and make no bones about it, it is faster than the Steam Deck. I've been testing these for a month, playing. I've been <laughs> testing these for a month. That the most has, gaming you've done in a long time. <laughs> it is that has much that has more performance than the Steam Deck does. However, the Steam Deck absolutely wins in price to performance mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it better and that doesn't make it the only solution but the problem right. is the buy-in from consumers is already there give me a steam deck or give me death yeah. yeah and the same thing happened between the zune and the ipod yeah you came out too late the iphone was already announced reaching people's hands and people were going this is mind-blowing and game-changing, and this is what my mobile experience should be. Oh, and I can load all my music into it, too? It wasn't just a music player. Yeah. Whereas the Zune came out, and it was a fantastic product if it was released two years earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, because wasn't it the iPad was already or almost at its third iteration by the time the Zune came out? Uh, when did the Zune come out? Let me let me get my dates right, because the iPod came out in yeah, that's what I meant, iPod. 2002. Yeah. Um, the Zune came out in 2006. Okay. November 2006. Four years, so four years later. Uh, the original iPhone came out January 2007. Okay. You had two so, months. Yeah. You had two months where you yeah. weren't competing against the product that would yeah. literally shift the entire mobile ecosystem. Yeah, D just didn't give them too much room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, sometimes you make a great product and you have a dedicated fan base that doesn't make it a winner. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. You can do all right, but you're not going to lead a paradigm shift by being just all right. No, you're 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 basically copying somebody. Right. I'm doing a follow up, and this is this is my shtick and how I'm doing it. Right. So yeah, I mean, all respect to the Zune. It was a great product. It wasn't the right product at the right time. No. No. Same thing happened with VHS and Betamax. Um, slightly different story there. Yeah, I think that's a slightly different. The the yeah. VHS one. Well, I don't know if I want to say. What it really? There's various reasons, but uh, one of them. <laughs> the the let me let me see if I can phrase. I I know the reason, Steve. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't okay. have to spell it out for me. <laughs> um, let me see if I can say this slightly PC and and family friendly. Um, there were multiple things in the '80s when that media war was ongoing that led to the VHS winning. The Betamax, for all intents and purposes, was Better. the superior platform. It was Absolutely. much higher resolution. It was longer life on the media. Um, 
but it was more expensive. It was moderately more expensive. Not not by a ton. We're talking like 15-20% uh, as far as player costs, recorder costs, media costs. Like it was all 15-20%. Also, I also think it was a little shorter too. It can only hold a certain amount lengthwise Correct. when it came to film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if you had like a two and a half hour movie, you'd have to split that into two tapes. Right. Um, which was still a thing back then. Like, yeah. like I, I own Braveheart on two cassettes. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it happens, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, there were two things that led to the demise of Betamax as a legitimate platform. Number one was this was the 80s during a pretty decent economic recession. And people went, I don't want to adopt a brand new format that's 20% more just because it looks better. I just want to freaking yeah. watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of went in favor of VHS. The other thing is uh, the adult film industry adopted <laughs> yeah. VHS as their standard. Mm-hmm. So VCRs sold like hotcakes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Uh, funny story, but inverse of that was Blu-ray coming to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was when did Blu-ray come to market? That was 2005? I was going to say mid-2000s, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, that was the, the HD, DVD, and Blu-ray were kind of competing with each other yeah. at the same time. And then, uh, of course, we had the... June the, 2006. <laughs> the red-headed stepchild Divix was out there, too. Uh, Divix was a DVD competitor, though. Yeah, that, that was early. It was it was that also was, some kind of weird I, rental type we had thing. A, where... We actually talked about Divix on the show just a couple weeks ago, oh, we <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, Divix was this weird rental thing that was the same quality as DVD, but had right. an, like always online DRM component, if I'm breaking it down very simply. Um, yeah. And you could re-rent the physical media that you already bought uh, for like $2.99. So instead of driving down to Blockbuster, getting the disc, driving it home, oh no, the disc doesn't work, or whatever they were trying to sell you on, you could literally just plug a phone line into the back of your DVD player and, and go, it, yeah. here, here's $3. I would like to watch Deep Impact again. Uh, <laughs> I see Deep Impact because it was one of the five DivX discs that we owned. Um, oh, I thought we were going back to the adult entertainment thing. No, no, no. No, no, oh, no that was a different, a different deep. Okay, okay, okay. See, that was on DVD. That's why that was. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, Blu-ray was released in June 20th, or on June 20th, 2006, was mm-hmm. the official announcement date of Blu-ray. Now, what was happening in 2006? We were in an economic boom. We were we had recovered from the dot-com bomb. Banks were giving out money left and right. Now, that eventually bit them in 2008. <laughs> But we were in an economic boom. Everyone was spending money and people went, well, of course I don't mind spending 10% more over HD DVD to get true 1080p instead of 720p or 1080i as far as the resolution goes. And I mean, the PlayStation has one built in, so I might as well just buy a PlayStation at $600 because I got money to spend, yo. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the adult film industry adopted Blu-ray as their official media. Uh, the internet was a much different beast in 2006. Oh yeah. <laughs> it wasn't as readily available. I, I and I kind of I, I did get a I, I I wasn't I wasn't quite Is an that early why adopter. streaming does so well now? 
Well, okay. <laughs> See, I was I was an, an adopter of it of a of the idea of streaming before streaming became mainstream, mm -hmm. because uh, you know, I'm a long time pirate. It's mm -hmm. just just to say it and i've always wanted to be like i think most people who watch me are okay like, probably okay like i'll, I'll beat around Not the bush secret. i'll beat around the bush with yeah. it but if i've bought if i've bought a game three times mm -hmm. i have no qualms against downloading it because i can't oh, find yeah. a cd oh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah i don't so care. i mean like yeah when, when when dvd players came out and you could be able to burn movies to a dvd then okay i'd burn a movie to a dvd and watch it that way but yeah. man that just got tedious and time consuming and yep. then i'm like I, I found this one product and i thought it was pretty good because it was it was a streaming thing and it went by radio frequency and so you can plug it into your computer and then plug it into your tv and it mm -hmm. would basically stream your video signal down to yours and it worked pretty good mm -hmm. the resolution wasn't great and you really had to tweak the antenna to get the picture to be pretty decent mm -hmm. And it was all good until you wanted to make some microwave popcorn, and it just screwed everything up. <laughs> you try to mic, try to use your microwave and just yeah. screwed it all up. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was even even when Blu-ray was coming out, I'm like, okay, Blu-ray is great, yeah. but I really want to take the content from my computer and put it onto my uh, TV. What's an easy way to do that? <laughs> um, no, I I had a Windows XP Media Center PC that I built mm -hmm. myself. Um, uh, and I had live TV through it. I had a capture yeah. card that I did too. Yeah, that I would set up as a DVR, and and yeah, no, screw it. I'm not paying you know fifteen twenty dollars a month to the cable company so they can give me a cable box with a hard drive in it. I'm just gonna build myself a media PC because then I can game and I can watch my DVDs and I can yep. also watch live TV and I can pause and record and rewind and everything else that comes with it. Uh, Chad is telling me to shh, quit telling on us. Uh, <laughs> do you realize the reason that I did my VPN gateway video? Like, I, I'm not going to spell it out for you. <laughs> but, but if you can feed any device that you want through a VPN with an automatic kill switch, what do you think I'm implying there? <laughs> like, I'm not stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad had that RF transmitter to broadcast. I thought it was horrible. It probably was. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it it was good for what it was, and I think I used it for a couple of months before I'm just like, all right, I got to find something better because mm -hmm. it it was it was interesting and it somebody was thinking the right way of thinking, um, but uh, uh, you know, because streaming technology just wasn't wasn't there at the time, so. They were forward thinking, but the just tech was not there yet. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had so many weird esoteric media devices in my living mm -hmm. room in the, in mm -hmm. the early to mid 2000s. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember vividly in about 2001, I had built my first PC that had video output to the TV. I had an S video out uh, on my mm -hmm. video card. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And so I had a TV just in our downstairs living room uh, or a computer in our downstairs living room with yeah. Windows 98 installed on it. And I would 
plug walk, it directly into it. I would, yeah, S video directly to the TV, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I would sit down in front of it, and I'd plug in my keyboard and mouse, and I'd launch my game. And then I had a uh, a game port extension cable to reach my couch, <laughs> and so I had a six Just foot extension. <laughs> to uh, do you remember the the Microsoft Sidewinder? Uh, oh yeah, the boomerang. Game, the game, thing. yeah, the, the boomerang yeah. one. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I had one of those, which was a, a fifteen pin. Uh, uh, yeah, gamepad, game one. Gamepad. It, yeah, yeah, that's I. I still have a, a Sidewinder joystick that's got the game nice. port on it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I had a six-foot game port extender so I could kind of reach my couch, which meant I was sitting on the couch kind of like this. Kind of like this, yeah. So, <laughs> But I remember playing, like, Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit. Mm-hmm. It's like, eat it up, PlayStation. I'm on That's a PC right, I, right now. <laughs> sitting on my couch doing PC gaming. No one else does That's that. right. Here I was living in 2022, and in fact, yeah. it was 2001. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember doing that uh, when we first got a projector. I took my my. I also PC had a down, projector at one point. <laughs> and I had and I took and I put a projector up on my wall and I was playing yeah. uh, like Unreal Unreal Tournament. Yep. Um, I've had a number of different projectors over the years. Uh, I had, uh, gosh, the first house that I rented. Um, I said, "Can I screw pictures into the walls?" They went, "Yeah, yeah I don't see why not." Do whatever. Yeah. So. I made myself a uh, wall-mounted projector stand uh, that um, my projector didn't have or had very little keystone adjustment. So I had to center it with the screen that I was putting Mm -hmm. up. um, And I wanted to mount it nice and high so I could stand and still play because this was in the rock band days uh, or very first Guitar Hero days. Yeah. and so I wanted to be able to stand and not like block it with my head. Uh, so I had to put it all the way up near the crown molding. Uh, so what I did was I put two hinges onto the wall with a little piece of plywood under it mm-hmm. so I could angle the projector from oh, the up ceiling. And, down, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I mounted it to the wall up at the very top of the wall with a couple of chains that came down so I could get the angle just right. Mm-hmm. But hang mm-hmm. it perfectly against the wall. But a... 40 foot VGA cable and a 40 yep. foot S video cable because I still had a DVD player and a couple other things that were S video only. Mm-hmm. And uh, rather than buy a converter box, just plug that thing in. Um, yeah. So I, I had that projector uh, <laughs> right after my wife and I got married. Um, I I had a, I had bought a little projector. It was about this big, the but it was that ones. Um, but it was, it was a full-fledged halogen lamp projector that was 2,000 oh. lumen. It, it wasn't It wasn't one of the cheap, like, you know, 10,000 lumen from an LED right. that you buy now on Amazon for, like, 60 bucks. No, this was a legit projector that was about this big with a full-color wheel and halogen lamp and everything else that was 2,000 lumens. I did a very similar thing in the first house that we bought, and I mounted it to the wall above our bed. Well, we had a four-poster bed. So I hung a sheet over the end of the bed, <laughs> draped across the two there <laughs> so we would lay in bed and have a 70 inch 4 by 3 screen in front of us a sleep in theater oh it was amazing yeah, watching like great. friends and Frasier and all <laughs> in glorious 480p because that's all it could do that's all it could do yeah <laughs> yeah back then that's all they did mm-hmm. do uh. yep 
that was that was good times. Like I said, I had a lot of really niche, esoteric, weird yeah. setups for for visual media. Um, we also did a at one point a sixty-seven inch Mitsubishi rear projection up on a desk in our room. It was uh, one of the last. DLP oh, projection those... TVs. It was one of the super nice, like the Diamond Series right. Mitsubishi's right, right before they yep. stopped making them. That yep. also had 3D and it was 1080p, mm-hmm. 120 hertz. Like it was a yep. beautiful TV. Like yeah. I would still love a DLP in my in my house if I could, because mm-hmm. they do outperform a lot of LCDs and you know, even today. You know, OLED is finally starting to get there as far as black levels. Get there, yeah. Um, but I don't want to pay seven grand for a Q. No, they're really Q-letters. expensive right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Q-leds are kind of, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so we had a 67 inch Mitsubishi diamond, uh, 1080p, 120 Hertz screen also in our bedroom at one point, just like propped up on a desk at the end of our bed. <laughs> now we have a, a 42 inch LCD an, an RCA LCD and it's terrible at that. Um, you're going, you're going backwards, man. I know. I know. 42 inches. What is this? The Middle Ages? Yeah, what is that? I know. It's either either 65 inches or higher. The problem is our new bedroom, the way it's arranged, you can really only put the bed in the room one way that makes sense. Right. Um, and Well, you could put it against one of two walls because our entrance is in the corner. And then on one wall is a closet door and then a window. And on the other wall is the bathroom door right smack in the middle. Right. Um, so we have our bed opposite the door that you walk in on. So we're facing the closet door. Right. But there's there's this much space between the door and the window. So just enough room to mount a TV mount on an arm. And I have it kicked sideways. Uh, so it's offset from the stud. And it's like... Over the front of the window, but we like never open that window. Uh, there's two windows in the room, so we're not blocking all of our natural light. But it's like that's the biggest screen that I can now, fit in the space. <laughs> are you are you a side sleeper or a back sleeper? I'm a side sleeper. Oh well, see if you're a back sleeper, you just mount it on the ceiling. Yeah, you yeah, but then you there. get weird looks <laughs> from everyone, especially when you put the camera pointing down. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, what what's that up there for? I just don't don't worry. About uh, it. <laughs> what's this? you know, three quarter inch eye bolt in the ceiling. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. In fact, my computer monitor is bigger than the TV in my room right now. Cause I've, I've got the 43 inch LG 4k still as my daily driver, like, Oh yeah. I remember three and a half, four years later. Yeah. Uh, still my daily driver is that 43 inch LG. Um, yeah. Our, our TV is a 40 inch RCA. So, (laughs) 1080p sometimes <laughs> sometimes hey well i mean yep you can always get one of the one of your vr and just wear that into bed uh, i've done that, that a couple of times now um yeah i i've actually done a premium video on this that like my my pie in the sky has been um i love video headsets not VR headsets, but video headsets, video projection, yeah. flat plane headsets. I've always wanted one. I actually have owned a couple over the years. I have one right now. It's the Epson, uh, gosh, what's the exact model number on it? Don't remember. Uh, anyway, it's the something 30. It's a mm-hmm. 720p, 
30 hertz screen. Now the screen itself is freaking gorgeous. If you are watching hmm. video content on this, it is ungodly amazing. Um, because what it is, is two OLED projectors on the temples of the glasses that shoot forward and then bounce off a mirror and then hit a parallax lens that projects it back into your eye. Wow. From your side of things, you can't see anything. But from the user side of things, looking out through the glasses, I can see the image in full brightness and clarity and, and crispness and still see through it if I want to. Oh, and they also have sunglasses that you can click over the top so you can block out the outside world if you want. Um, and <laughs> so it, they're phenomenal glasses, but good God, is the interface a pain in the... Uh, they use DisplayPort alt mode over USB-C. It, it's power oh. power data and video all in one. Mm. Um, number one, so you have to have a cord in there the whole time. Well, you have to have a cord in there, um, mm. which not a big deal. If I'm tethering to my mm. cell phone, cool. Right, not bad. Name me a cell phone that supports DisplayPort alt mode over USB-C. Not that many. That's a very small list, including yeah. all of the phones that I own. Uh, <laughs> not one of them does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you could just plug into a laptop, right? Yes, you could but then you have to have the laptop close the by. The problem with DisplayPort alt mode over USB-C is it is not an exacting standard. And so even if you implement it, it doesn't mean that all of the features are there, including, say, power delivery. Oh, so you Which is kind like, of important just... when you need mm -hmm. to power a display over that single USB-C cable and get video and data to it. So what is it? Is it run out of power or it just stops working? Or? Uh, no, it'll recognize it as, as a display on some devices like my M1 MacBook. I can plug yeah. it into the M1 MacBook and get no video because the projectors don't have enough power to turn on. Ah, uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. So, just so it sees an alternate display, but it goes, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, it does not work with the Ioneo. It does work with the Steam Deck in Arch Linux, believe it or not. Wow. Like <laughs> That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Just use Linux. Holy crap. They were right for once. Uh, right. It does work on that. Now, it is 720p, 30 hertz. It's not a great gaming experience. Yeah. They do have a newer one, though. That's the uh, the D40 or something 40. Um, that is a 1080p 60 hertz with a 40% larger screen area. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want one, but at the same time, I've already seen the limitations of trying to plug in that USB-C to various mm -hmm. devices and having like a 5% success rate. Um, the only, so it works on the Steam Deck. It worked 50% of the time on the GPD Win 2. It did not yeah. work on the GPD Win 3. The only other device that I've been able to successfully repeatedly plug it in and have it display something right. was my 2080 Super, which has a USB-C port on it, which delivers USB-C, high power, and display. What do you have that hooked onto? Uh, my desktop below me. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't really help that much. Doesn't you really, sit it's there and pretty, it's you not exactly mobile. Right. Yeah, oh, and it's only a three foot cable. And if you plug yeah. an extension into it, sometimes it still won't work. <laughs> so good idea, just bad execution. Right. And so it's yeah. a beautiful display. And God damn it, if I don't want to use it on a lot of different devices, but it just mm. doesn't. Uh. Yeah. Because it's like, to me, that is the ultimate like travel companion. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That'd be great. As someone who hates 
traveling and flying. Flying in particular. Like, I usually try to watch a movie or sleep on airplanes. That's all I can do. Uh, I don't like traveling. Uh, I, I have anxiety and traveling is one of the things that really spikes me. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I miss traveling and I want to travel more. But I don't like the yeah. traveling part. I like being there part. And right. then I don't yeah. like coming home, but I like just, the being home. Just part. knock me out, distract me on the way there. Right. Yeah. I, I'm the give me two Valiums and a shot of Jack on the plane, yeah. and I'll be just yep. fine. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, but to me, that's the ultimate traveling companion because you can just be watching a show on a fairly good sized screen. You're mm-hmm. not bothering anyone around you. You're not hauling this giant device with you. the The screen itself, or the the glasses themselves, are thinner vertically than my glasses that i wear that's excellent it's very discreet very discreet fairly lightweight very comfortable single Mm -hmm. cable down to a cell phone or laptop or like a dedicated gaming console or something like that like you can be in your own little world but you don't have to like put on like an oculus rift or something like that it doesn't look like some ridiculous nerd thing attached to your head (laughs) right exactly it looks like i mean it looks like some nerd thing but not some ridiculous nerd yeah we're we're still in the nerd realm just not the ridiculous nerd realm i know what you are but at least you're chic yeah 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 (laughs) you're being being quiet about it (laughs) right and and so like I said, it's the ultimate travel companion because you can just kind of just like, you know, a good set of like noise canceling headphones. Yeah. You can put on a set of skull candy earbuds or AirPods or whatever else and put on those glasses and just be dead to the world, but not be obnoxious or visible or any, like you're just there and, and mm. I can travel and I can get off the plane and I can go about my day and it travels in a bag that's like this big. So it's something that you can actually fit in your carry on luggage or your laptop bag yeah. or your camera yeah. bag. Um, so yeah, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work uh, well. It doesn't quite work well. It yeah. needs better you need adoption. The right, you need right. the right phone just to, right. just to make it work. Yeah. There's like three or four Samsung phones that support it. None of the pixel devices do. Which um, Samsung you, phones? Were, uh, uh, it? cause I have, I have the, uh, the, the S9 yeah. plus. I that think may. that has. Samsung has the widest support for that particular video output configuration. I, I don't know if mine does. I'd be like, well, right. let me just let me, let me borrow it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not doing me any good. Um, I also, I, like I said, I have two different sets of video headsets. I have, I have the Epson, uh, the C thirties. Um, and then I also have the Zeiss Cinemizers which is not a see-through display, but it is just as discreet. It's a very small self-contained package, um, single cable coming off the temple down to a little pack. And that pack has inputs on it. And so oh, yeah. you can like plug in HDMI. The problem is if it's anything more than a single cable, like once I have the cable running down my neck, I want to plug that straight into a device. Right. I don't want to go to a belt pack that has its own battery which by the way, it has its own battery that has to be charged. Um, it's a little more clunky to, right. to, to adjust that around. Yeah. But then it's not even a, a micro display port. It's, it's a full size HDMI. Oh really? So it's a bit, you need a so HDMI it's a cable. It's a beefy cable, yeah. which by the way, it's not on a belt clip. It's just on like this little square that it you're supposed to like down. set somewhere, which by the way, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever put weight on the back of your glasses. Oh yeah, but it flips them up. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you get a belt buckle attachment for that. Just 
Right. I think they make one, but at the same time, you're you're encroaching into like uber nerd territory yeah. again. Like that there's there's diminishing returns the more dongles you have yeah. to have. Oh yeah. Um, so you're becoming the nerd Batman with your utility belt of all nerdy things. Right. Just attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. Zzz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know they make those fancy travel cables. That's like the little uh, spring retention that you can z- mm-hmm. zip out and then yep. suck them back in. I don't want four of those attached to my belt. <laughs> like I just don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, if anyone has a recommendation for a dedicated video headset, and I don't even care if it's two plugs on the end. If you got one for power, that's like a USB three. And then another one that's like an HDMI that I can hook up like a very small dongle to and right. get video and power all in one. I don't know. Like Epson's the only one that I've seen. And the thing is the Epson's are so good. It's almost worth putting up with the annoyances for it because the glasses themselves are so good. Um, like it, like I want to buy a device just to use those glasses. Yeah, for. I was gonna say like if you can find an older Samsung model that works with it, right? Just use that for your dedicated for my video. dedicated video player. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, the other cool thing because you're displaying per eye, you could do side by side 3D. So oh, watching cool. like The Martian in 3D or Sin City or mm-hmm. Avatar or like mm-hmm. you know the the movies that really sold 3D. Uh, they work good. Yeah. Oh, the god they've never been better. That's the Mm. thing is there's actually depth to the image and there's actually, you know, um, it's not quite as good as putting on an Oculus Rift and sitting in the virtual theater and watching the movie that's out in front of you in full spatial 3D because Mm -hmm. that's a trippy experience too. Yes, Um, I've done that before too. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, but in a tiny package that's barely bigger than a glasses case, it's the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I um, I guess, was it LG that was coming out with like a set of just like VR glasses? Like self-contained VR glasses that are about that same size. Now, they look like giant freaking aviators. Right. But they don't have not- to wrap around your head. They're not, not in not they're not AR, they're actual right. VR, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who who made them. Uh and at the moment I think they're only available in Korea, which make which makes me want to think <laughs> of course, they're LG. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um but I've almost bought some and imported some just to try them out. Um Oh yeah, the LG U plus N Real. There they are. Augmented reality 1080p. They look mm. like a pair of glasses. Oh, so they are augmented reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're okay. augmented reality, um, but they work on a belt pack. And oh. so I was um, right. The the bat the bat bat belt. Right. Got, <laughs> right. It's gonna work. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look at these again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want I need to see if they're USB C only or but they're they're 1080p OLED. Uh, sorry, 1980 by 1020. They're a really freaking weird resolution. Weird. That's a weird resolution. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you can scale that. Mm-hmm. If I lose 10 pixels on the top and bottom, whatever. Who yeah. cares among friends, right? Um, yeah. I, I'm gonna. Oh, look! I'm already watching that same auction that I just found on eBay. 
I have search habits, everyone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, are we are we finally ready to move on to the second story? <laughs> uh, I think we are. I think we are. As as soon as I bring you this message uh, from our sponsor, as oh, this, that's right. That's as right. today's episode is brought to you by none other than Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into time, hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do use Linode to keep a... Uh, even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com. And again, thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. I'll drink to that, Linode. Yes. And uh, one last thing before we get to the next story is I need to mm -hmm. open my Rolling Thunder. Oh, yeah. Thunder. See, I did. I, I opened up my uh, Fatality. Nice. So that's... Um... I think this is pretty high, actually, too, like uh, 11.5. So this yeah. is kind of up there with your uh, Rolling Thunder, which I yeah. think that one's got to be. No, you're 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 not even in the same ballpark. It's like what, 14, 15 percent? I think 13.6. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I I still have a story. We went to Rogue for a friend of mine's uh, bachelor party. Thin. Yeah, and he he doesn't know too much about beer, but he knows he likes darker beers, and yeah. so. He was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to get wasted or anything like that. I'm just going to have one beer. The head's already like, gone. <laughs> I know it's thick. No, thin. No, it's, isn't it? Usually it's thicker. It won't foam up as much because mine, my head's gone too. This, this, this was this pretty. This was translucent. Like I could really? see. I, yeah. Um, That's weird. Hold on a sec. Because usually the thinner it is, the, the more it'll foam. Right. No, this, this was thin and didn't foam. Um, hmm. that's weird. I mean, it's not, it's not shining through that much. I can see a little bit. Though. You can see, but you can see some of it, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Name the last bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout that you could see a light through. That wasn't John's weird, non-alcoholic gluten. -free yeah, stout. no doubt. Usually it's yeah. Cause this thing is like, this one's like motor oil. Yeah. This one is thick. This one is not. This one is hmm. like, I got it. This one is like warmed up maple syrup. You, well, you, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But. No, no. But you like you like heat the water and then you put the jar of maple syrup in the glass and you let <laughs> yeah. it like sit there for a long time uh -huh. and really see, mm -hmm. soak in that heat. Mm -hmm. It's about that same clarity and, and thickness. Like it, hmm. like it's thick, but it's also thin and translucent. Hmm. It, it this is not going to have the body of a traditional like that's. <clears throat> That's interesting because I remember having that before, and and it, I remember thinking it was pretty, pretty yeah, thick mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, I can tell uh, you the smell is there. Oh yeah. my god. 
good. Oh. Yeah, mine is mine is quite good. That I is really it's still thin. That's and, weird because I don't not, remember Rolling Thunder being thin. It traditionally it's not thin. Yeah. It, it is a very like it yeah. it's a stout with a beard. Yeah, like exactly. uh yeah. I'm not saying it is a bad way either. Hmm. It's 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 a it's a quality, not a qualifier. Well the thing if is that makes with it with it being that high ABV and it being feeling kind of thin, yeah, it's a little more dangerous because you can chug that thing down a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. Usually the big, thick bourbon barrel-aged beers. You got to chew on them for a while. You got to chew on them, so you right. just sip on them, and it takes you longer to get them down, and so mm-hmm. you're not like, you know, on your ass in about five minutes. That is super dangerous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because this one right here is good, but it's definitely a sipper. You don't want to chug this one at all. Boy, a lot of rich, rich chocolate flavor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a barrel-aged stout that is roasty by any means at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you're after roast, this is not the one for you. If you, Even if you're after coffee, this is not the one for you. Right. Which is funny, because in a thinner-bodied beer, this is like maple syrup and milk chocolate and dare i say maybe even like peanut butter hmm that would like, be interesting yeah um like i don't want to say peanut butter but i i kind of want to say peanut butter <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense like it's not what it is but there's not peanut brittle well this ain't communist russia you can say whatever you want right Ah, yeah, no, mine's definitely on the on the dark chocolate roasty coffee side of things mm-hmm. with a definite, you know, that kind of um, caramely flavor you get in bourbon barrel aged beers. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get this on the back end. So you kind of get dark chocolate coffee then kind of that caramelized bourbon flavor at the end. This is like a milk chocolate and peanut brittle. Hmm. Is how I would describe this. One. It, definitely different. Super super unique in this realm of stouts. Yeah. Super kind of interesting because rolling thunder usually comes in bottles. I don't, I haven't seen them in a can that must be new for this year. Yeah. Uh, and this was only a, a 12 ounce can. So it, it, it's a skinny one. Skinny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like because normally yeah, they come in bottles. Right. Yeah. You don't want to drink a 22 ounce of a 14% beer. I have so many bombers stored up right now. Yeah. That are you can't, you 14, can't, you have to 16% sometimes. And it's like, I yeah. don't have that many friends who come over often <laughs> enough and can stay for three hours. Are you inviting me over to drink some of your beer, Jeff? Is that what you want? Okay. Okay. I'll come by. <laughs> what do I have? I've got some Firestone. Oh, nice. Um, I've got, Oh, I've got that entire collection. Although, no, that's only twelve ounces. But I've got the that entire giant collection of uh, dragon's milk alternates. Oh, nice! Yes, I do want to try one of those. <laughs> yeah, actually, this I think I have a this... dragon's milk triple mash, which is like a sixteen and a half percent. Oh, oh man, I want to try that. Because mm-hmm. I've only tried one other dragon's milk besides the regular one. Mm-hmm. And I, to be fair, I, I kind of preferred regular dragon's milk over that one i've tried like try. I've, I've tried at this point i think four different variants of it 
because I've had the Solara, I've had, um, I've had the Horchata one, which was a mm-hmm. a weird one. Um, I had that one on tap actually. Oh yeah. Um, had the standard, and I had I I want to say oh I've had the Dragon's Milk White, the the white one. Yeah, that was the yeah. other one that I had too, and I, I, I like it was okay, but yeah, I, I like the the standard Dragon's Milk better. Yep. All right, uh, I, we're an hour and 10 minutes in, and I think we're finally ready for the second story. <laughs> uh, how does the wine talk? Yes. Now, to be fair, I didn't mind getting into the weeds in this show, and I kind of let the show get into the weeds because there's not a lot of news this week. No, so. there isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, NVIDIA. Yeah. NVIDIA. Those bastards, they finally did it. They finally what? did it. <laughs> NVIDIA has released open source GPU kernel modules for Linux. Yes. Full open Mad source. Lads. Mad lads. They just went and did it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Geerling on the Epson conversation says, we need that in contact lens form. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course I'm paying attention. Why do you ask? Yeah. Maybe when I get old enough to get cataract surgery, they'll have it just insert it right into my eyeball. Right. Yeah, the the, the iPhone 17. <laughs> the, the EYE, yeah. EYE iPhone phone. 17. Yeah. That was a Futurama reference, by the way. Yeah. Um, anyway, NVIDIA. Are, is this opposite land? <laughs> yeah, I know, are, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm on crazy pills. NVIDIA, yeah. today, open-sourced. They're kernel module drivers for Linux. Now, to be fair, it's CUDA. It's it's the yeah. open source, the CUDA, mm-hmm. not the OpenCL, not OpenGL, not, you know. But, holy crap, what a first step. I know. Once that crack is in there, it's right. going to get wider at this point. The fact that this is now available means that I hate to put it this way, but the armor has been chinked a little bit mm-hmm. like, like this is huge news. I mean, obviously this is huge news for enterprise data center, big data, you know, AI compute, etc. Obviously this is big. Um, if they're willing to open source this kernel driver, finally, are they willing to open source GeForce? Now that's their bread and butter. So that'd be data center is their bread and butter. Let's make no bones about that. That's true. Um, But as far as the the enthusiast market goes, GeForce is their is their their gaming enthusiast. Of course. Yes. Here's the deal. Um, I mentioned for the three of you who saw it in the Mm Ionia review, SteamOS is going to be a much bigger deal, much faster than anyone thinks. And I mean anyone. Um, there are some people who do nothing with their PCs other than game. It is a sit down, play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, to that end, SteamOS, my very early review of SteamOS 3.0, viable yeah. alternative to Windows. Really? Viable alternative. And in some ways, 
the potential better choice to Windows. Um, now that's a lot to swallow. So hold right. You know. Yeah. Um, my review is not done, but what I can tell you is I've played nigh on thirty games on SteamOS without a problem on a single one. I have wow. not experienced a single crash. I have not experienced a single hiccup, a performance issue, a controller not working. Uh, this input is weird. Everything just works. works. And that's, that's on crazy. a handheld. Um, I'm I'm looking at putting it on a couple of desktops here and, and really starting to dive into the weeds with it. Um, but so far... Man, if this is their first release, and if they start getting driver adoption and implementation like NVIDIA, uh, Microsoft may be in trouble long term. Now, obviously, Enterprise is still Microsoft's bread and butter. They could really care less about the consumer side except for all the money that they make in ad revenue. People going, I've never seen ads inside of Windows. You haven't been paying attention because <laughs> right. live tiles are a thing. Yep, they've been uh, there for a long time. Microsoft Edge recommending you to MSN sites, which where do you think they get your browsing history data from? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, the browsing data inside of Chrome is used to feed you MSN information oh, you yeah. might you yep. might click on mm-hmm. like uh yeah uh so but steam os with driver with yeah, with proper driver implementation and they've already got it from amd and they've almost got it from intel and man if the market starts demanding it from nvidia Microsoft could be in trouble on the consumer space as far as enthusiast gamers go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a dedicated OS for just Steam. Well, I mean, I guess. <sighs> That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. Hold on. Hold on. It's not just a dedicated OS that happens to run Steam. Okay. Uh because of the Proton implementation, and if mm-hmm. they could make it so I could just double click on an EXE and it would just and it would run, yep. Which there's no reason they can't at this point because mm-hmm. I can add any executable into Steam that I want and it will launch it with Proton. Okay. Um, I've been playing the crap out of Borderlands lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to have some real fun with Borderlands, you can download a save game editor and you can right. like up the val or up the the stats of some of your current guns which is fun to do you know every couple of you right. know um so at first i was diving into the weeds finding the save game file for borderlands 2 on my steam deck and then i mounted a network share and transferred the the save file over so i could access it from my windows pc and then launched the save game editor and then edited the file and then copied it back Mm -hmm. and then got on the Steam Deck and copied it back off the network share onto 
onto the proper folder and then launch Borderlands and went, hey, look, this gun is now 400 damage instead of 150. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's fun, right? Let's just mow everything down. It's cool, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Headshot. Um, I don't feel it's cheating on a sniper rifle because if I shoot you in the temple, you should die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually what I edit is I'll go in there and like, that sniper rifle's not well, nearly realistic enough. Maybe it's not as fun as when you're fighting a boss and like you snipe them with one shot in their head. Well, it takes like four shots for a boss. Okay, four yeah. shots yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not... <laughs> anyway. Um, the thing is, I went, why am I finding the save file and copying it to a network share and then getting onto another computer, copying it off yeah. the network share onto the local PC, launching the save game editor, editing the file, saving it, mm -hmm. copying it back to the network share, getting back on the mobile device, copying it to the save game data, and then launching the game. Maybe I could just launch the save game editor on the device? Yes, yes, or, you can. Or maybe you can remote into the device itself from a desktop. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, yes, you can. There you go. Yes, you can. Um, so yeah, the, the Gibbed Borderlands 2 save game editor uh, works perfectly inside of Proton. Nice. <laughs> uh, what, about, what about other other launchers like Epic or, or Origin or... Epic Game Blizzard. Store runs inside of Proton. Nice. Good old, good old uh, GOG Galaxy GOG, yeah. mm -hmm. runs inside of Proton. Nice. You can launch the launcher and you can launch your executables. Wow. Um if you're the kind of person who does repack games occasionally, which mm -hmm. um, all of the games that have ever shown on my channel, I own mm -hmm. usually multiple copies of. Um, I also sometimes like just having a repack of it, which is an always offline DRM free yep. cracked version of it that I'll download mm -hmm. from specific websites. Uh, yeah. You can also install it directly from the repack installer and then run the game. And wow. yeah, that runs too. Mm. And it just works. And this is not just talking about game execution. This is potentially talking about like Windows executables just working inside of Linux. Wow. A now, form of now, emulation, now if you will. Now now it's now it's starting to make sense why Windows is starting to do Linux uh executables. Subsystem and, and for Linux. Subsystems, and, yes. Right? Yes. Right. They're like, oh, let's just, well, uh, we'll, we'll just have the synergy now. We'll just mm -hmm. all work off of each other. It's, it's fine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here to tell you that very early results is Windows and Microsoft on the consumer side of things should be just a little bit afraid. Probably, yeah, because there's a lot of lot of things that people don't like about Windows. Yeah, and if there's going to be a good alternative, I and mean, I've already set I've already set up a few of my friends up. They're like I they like I don't care. I just yeah. I just want to browse. I'm like, well, I got an operating system for you, <laughs> right? It looks like Windows, and you can just double click the browser just like Windows, and yep. it'll still work. Yep. I'm like, okay, that's fine, and they're happy with it. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I've been using the Steam Deck for a lot more than just playing games too like i've really? been i've been using the desktop environment and using the trackpad and and whatnot and it's like what else what other kind of trouble can what i get into this do? with yeah. this thing right i mean mm -hmm. there's obviously no keyboard and that's definitely the main limitation of the device when you're talking about like a full laptop replacement right. Right. but as far as a pick it up and 
browse the web or or watch a video or you know numerous other tasks that we mm-hmm. use mobile computers for boy the steam deck with just a little trackpad oh and if you need to click exactly on something you can just touch the damn screen mm-hmm. um boy it's a good little device mm. Uh, I'm certifiable. Is the new SteamOS still based off Debian? No, it is not based off Debian. It is based off Arch. Uh, They abandoned the Debian kernel for Arch Mm. because you get more up-to-date packages more often. It is a Mm -hmm. rolling update uh, distribution where you can update different modules, you can update different uh, packages, and uh, you don't necessarily have to have an upgraded kernel just to, you know, redo everything else. Uh, so Debian has its limitations. Arch still has its limitations. And in fact, Arch is, uh, Arch is still the dark souls of Linux. (laughs) (laughs) You really have to know what you're doing. You gotta know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is not unconquerable. And in fact, as SteamOS starts to broaden its reach a little bit, Man, I th- I think Windows could be in some major trouble when it comes to consumer operating systems, specifically within the gaming space. Mm. I, I'm not going to say their days are numbered, but I'm going to say this may be a situation where like, wow, Chrome's a great web browser. Maybe a yeah. third of us should just move over to that. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking like, well, we're 6%. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. like Linux wasn't, celebrating. Wasn't we that, finally hit that, 2% uh... of overall users using Linux in the, in the world. Um, I'm talking like Firefox, Chrome, and IE existing all simultaneously, and Chrome happening to be SteamOS in this case. Wasn't that one of Gabe Newell's, like, goals was to be completely, like, independent of windows in general to be like look indeed it was we, we, could, we can be our own we can have our own destiny and we're not beholden to windows mm-hmm. um type of a thing mm-hmm. um the other thing is that when windows 8 was announced not released but announced uh they were announcing metro applications which became uh made for windows apps it's right, the yeah. Modern U or sorry, modern UI apps. The t- the little tile apps. That they yeah, the tile out. apps and the like. We're gonna open in a weird window. That's mm-hmm. um, those are what's called modern UI and used to be called Metro applications. Microsoft was threatening on consumer-based applications mm-hmm. to only allow approved Metro UI applications, which means mm-hmm. like an app store. You would have to go through an approval process and be placed on the Microsoft Store and be a download only from Microsoft, and Microsoft would get a, you know, transaction fee mm-hmm. for people downloading things off their platform, as well as buying things off of your application. So if Steam wanted to be on Windows, Steam would have to pay, you know, 20% of every user yep. transaction. Which sounds great for Microsoft shareholders, but not so great for valve shareholders uh because all of a sudden what we're going to give up 20 percent of our overall revenue just to exist on windows i don't think valve is publicly traded though is it uh, it might be private i think it's private. I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's private. i think it's private um but but uh this news was going around in like 2010 2011 
And you might notice that in 2012, Valve announced SteamOS. Mm-hmm. We'll make our own operating system with Blackjack and <laughs> Blackjack Hookers. Blackjack and Hookers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and suddenly Microsoft backtracked. That was Valve pushing back against mm-hmm. Microsoft and saying, no, you're not going to win on this. Mm-hmm. We will make this work. And while SteamOS was never really a consumer success, as I mentioned in my first two videos, it was definitely a shot across the bow. It was saying, we don't need you to be able to function. If we want to move 70% of our games library over to Linux, we can. Yeah. And you can be left with, you know, the Xbox plebs who want to remain on Windows. But we will take our audience elsewhere. The Microsoft Windows Game Store is atrocious. No, oh, it's God, terrible. It. It's terrible. It is absolutely horrible. But Microsoft then rescinded on those comments and said, well, we're going to let like all applications still run, but we're still going to kind of like promote the Windows Store. And you can see the state of the Windows Store as it always existed, which is just an utter fecal pile of yeah. garbage that mm-hmm. no one else wants. Yeah. Um Unless you're Cinebench and took a bunch of money and then even had to release your win- your Windows application on C20 later on because of the consumer backlash. <laughs> because it's yeah. like, I'm not going to download Cinebench through the Windows Store just to benchmark a PC. Are you freaking kidding me? Um, right. Uh, so I know that's a long way to go from NVIDIA open-sourced CUDA kernel plug-in drivers. Yes. Or kernel module CUDA drivers to the future of Windows and SteamOS. Hey, but it's but a piece it of sand is, in the heap. It is all related. Yep. It's a piece of sand in the heap, and pretty soon you're going to have a giant avalanche. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Proton works on any distro. I'm using it with Steam on Fedora. Yeah, I've used it on Debian before. Um, in fact, my last test with yep. Proton was was on uh, uh, Ubuntu Debian uh, 2004 LTS. Uh, with an updated Mesa package and custom AMD drivers. And my result was 19 out of the 20 games that I tried to launch, launched and played and played very well. And the only one that didn't was Steep, which was reliant on anti-cheat and a standalone launcher, I believe from Ubisoft. If, if... Yeah, Ubisoft has a launcher, yeah. yeah. Um, but there, uh, there was, yeah, there was only one game that didn't want to run. 19 out of 20 ran. And that was over two years ago. Wow. Three years ago now, actually. Probably working fine now. Right. I'm sure it is. Well, yeah, because if it if it if Proton executes other launchers and the uh, And most any connect. cheat software has all of a sudden become available for Linux. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're like, Yeah, the more the merrier, bring it on over. Um Yeah, there there's a heaping ton of games that are actually playable. Yeah. And I don't mean just playable, but like invisible. I see a lot of people mentioning Mint, Linux Mint. That's that's the one that I mm-hmm. install for other people. Like, well, I don't really care. And I'm like, well, I'll put Mint on there for you because it's it's very much like Windows in a mm-hmm. sense. And people just like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. it just looks like it's familiar to them. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, Ubuntu and, and Mint are kind of the two distros that get the most like, if you're coming from Windows and you just want to be done with Windows, this is the most yeah. Windows-like that you can get. Yeah. Um, and, and even like, if you... If you go one step beyond and go, well, like, what's beyond Ubuntu? It's like, oh, go Pop! OS, because Pop! OS is yeah. amazing. 
Um, no one goes just install Arch because yeah, Arch is, <laughs> like I said, the Dark Souls of it's Linux. Dark Souls, yeah. yeah. But all of a sudden, Valve is going, yeah, we're going to build SteamOS on Arch because we can do a rolling distribution method. And it's working. Yeah. It's, it's working and it's, it's coming. And man, is there going to be a dichotomy shift in the industry mm-hmm. unless Microsoft does something to seriously try to circumvent it. But I don't think they can at this point. Mm-mm. I think the tidal wave is coming. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years because yep. it really looks like it's shifting that way, isn't it? It really does. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm one to call trends, but I'm pretty good at seeing large market shifts. Uh, like a, if it's just a, a thing that I can do. I don't know. It, it might it might be to the point where I can see it Microsoft... from the implementation and the consumer standpoint. Well, and I see both of these working in this instance. Yeah, I, I can see where like Microsoft might get to the point where they'll start distributing Home Edition for free. Because you can get any Linux distro for free, right? It better freaking be free. So then they're like, well, if Linux can do everything we can do, we're going to have to compete to stay in that market because they're going to be a service at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're like, okay, well, let's just give out home for free just like Linux gives out things for free. Just to I, stay competitive, they're going to have to do that. They'll, they'll they'll incorporate all their services into it, of course, right? Uh, and their art, their ads, and stuff like that. But that's probably what it's going to come come to, right? Um, there's two things I see Microsoft doing to head off this curve. Um, number one, Windows Home goes free. Mm-hmm. Now, to all the people who are all of a sudden going to comment, well, Windows has been free for years. Windows is only free if you already had a Windows license. Yeah. New computers are still a thing, and someone yeah. pays for that license, whether it's you or whether it's the manufacturer you bought it from. Uh or you pirated it. Like, like there's only two explanations. Someone paid for the license or someone didn't pay for the license and probably should have. Yeah. Uh, but Windows is still a paid product. Unfortunately, Windows is also turned into an operating system as a service, which means yeah. it is ad-supported, data collection-driven for the shareholders, anti-consumer. Um, it is everything that the Linux community said it would be but 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and no, I'm not giving the Linux community credit because Windows XP was not that. You said Windows XP was that, so bite. Uh, but what I will say is Windows is that now. Um, counterpoint. Windows Home will be free, but it's free as a service. Yes, that's Where you have a Microsoft account, you have to use your Microsoft account, yada, yada, yada. I believe there will still be paid versions of Microsoft that are ad and data collection free and you'll have windows 11 pro for workstations the pro and enterprise and all those other additions that they need for it servers of course for for hipaa compliance you can't Mm -hmm. deliver ads to medical machines no no for god's sakes um like there's always going to be an operating system whether linux wants to take that crown which who knows with Proton gaining traction as an open source platform. If 
proprietary Windows software may start looking at Linux and going, you know what? I'd rather be on there. Uh, (laughs) Or uh, as the operating system itself, you can't in a medical or state-run environment rely on data collection for revenue because it's flat out against policy or worst case illegal to do so. Uh, So Windows by many, many different contracts has to release a version of Windows that is HIPAA compliant. Uh, The version of Windows for Windows 10 was Windows 10 Enterprise or Windows 10 LTSC, which was also an enterprise variant. Uh, which didn't get the mainstream updates, but got all the security patches and then got once every three to four year major updates. Which is probably what hospitals just want anyway. Exactly. And that's what most professional environments want. We want everything Mm -hmm. to run fine for three years until we need to reevaluate it and then we'll redeploy and we'll reimage everything because that's part of our normal stance. Like we'll get, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. That's how we do it. Um, And that's how it's always been done. And guess what? That's Mm -hmm. how it's always going to be done because that's the way the world works. Um, The current version of Windows that you can get, that is ad-free, data collection-free, yada, 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 is Windows 11 Pro for workstations. Mm -hmm. Not just Pro, because Pro still forces you into a Microsoft account and still does data collection and still does, you know, recommended ads and and recommended applications that it pre-installs onto your freaking computer. Uh, (laughs) Windows 11 Pro for workstations does not. Now, Microsoft also won't sell you that version. No. You got to find alternative means. I don't have the right hat near me, but if you can find alternative means, (laughs) that's the version of Windows you can get. It's the version of Windows that I run. You're not wearing your iPad right now, so you can't really tell them where. Well, my Captain Jack hat's all the way across Mm -hmm, the room. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can also get it if you have an MSDN account, too, if you want. Mm-hmm. Can you even do MSDN accounts anymore? I didn't think that was a thing anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. I still have one. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get I get all the versions of OS, um, Windows OS. So do I, but... I mean, yeah. No, I mean, like, they, they'll, they'll give me, like, proper licenses and everything. For... I'm, I'm going to quote one of my favorite, like, early YouTube channels, which was Cars and Cameras. Um, for anyone who watched this, it started out as like a car and camera review channel, but eventually they started doing crap with go-karts and it became a go-kart channel, which was amazing (laughs) because it was like, let's take like, um, like a Harbor Freight 660 Predator engine and strap it onto two axles and a drive chain and, (laughs) and, and, and see how, yeah. Um, and the line I always remember was uh, there was like your traditional like North Carolina guy. And then there was this tall, skinny, blonde guy with really short hair who talked with a very thick Southern draw. And uh, I don't remember his name. I'm, I'm, I apologize. This was like 2010 is when I watched this. Um, but uh, he used to like go, well, you shouldn't do it this way, but we're just going to weld this axle in place because it's for testing purposes only. And testing purposes only was his mantra of like, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Um, so I have every version of Windows that I can test on, and it's for testing purposes only. Purposes only, yes, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
got to make sure it works on all of them, just in case. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> all right, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, I'm going to skip the beer review or the beer news. Let's just do yeah, that next there wasn't week. Really, there wasn't really yeah. much anyway. There are a couple notes that I do want to get to here. Uh, one of them is entertainment related, and that is the estate of the late Boba Fett. Yes. Uh, so the original actor who played Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, uh, you may not know, uh, he was the actor who portrayed Boba, Boba Fett in the original trilogy. Um, yep. Not the remakes, not the remasters. He was the original standing on the Star Destroyer, you know, glaring at Bosk from across the, the yes. aisle. Yeah, he was in <sighs> yeah, Empire Strikes Back just yeah. sitting there. Empire Strikes Back, and then he was yep. again in Return of the Jedi. Uh, never said a line, but was just that nope. intimidating, intimidating character that they wrote a wrote full canon about, just like Blue yeah. Jeans guy. It, it was kind of funny because I was watching a documentary, and the original draft of Empire Strikes Back was going to have Boba Fett a lot more involved. Mm -hmm. In fact, he was going to have a whole squad of of uh, Mandalorian like, hunters. Yeah, Mandalorian right. hunters that just like him. And I think they're supposed to be their armor is going to be white. It was going to be white. Yeah, actually. It, yeah, it, it was supposed to be like an Empire ish. Yeah. Uh, fleet of bounty hunters. And instead of being like Bosk and IG-88 and that, that Twilight chick and whatnot, it was going to be a a band of Mandalorians. Mm. Um, it was the original call for this. Um, in the end, Boba Fett essentially had no lines. Yeah. Um, he was just the intimidating figure. And... Uh, and honestly, it worked out well for the character. It, in general. it obviously did for someone who had absolutely no lines. Right. Although he actually did have lines before Empire Strikes Back, if you want to count the Star Wars Christmas special animated part of it. Because <laughs> Boba Fett was in there and he did have lines in that. Um, if I'm not going to count the 10 minutes of non-subtitled Wookiee dialogue at the beginning, I'm also not going to count his uh... lines. <laughs> Got, it's got Chewbacca's wife, Mala. She's from Walla Walla. <laughs> this beer is way too good for this conversation. His son's name is Lumpy. <laughs> oh, God, the Christmas session is so bad. Chewbacca, Mala, and Lumpy. Yep. I think his dad's name was Itchy. I can't remember his his, his, his something. His, so yeah, his father-in-law or his dad. I, I don't remember what I, his name was. I have to imagine that was like a third-person joke from yeah. George Lucas. No, that, I no, think, no, 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 no. Let, okay, let, okay. let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. The 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 premise of this is like Chewbacca's a little bit of a dick, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so. He has a life debt to Han Solo because Han Solo rescued him from from slavery from the Empire, and and now I'm you know in your indentured servant, good sir. And uh, you know it, it's like when Chewbacca says his own name, he doesn't just say Chewbacca. He he gives the guttural yeah, 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 groans yeah. and moans and whatnot of the Wookiee language, right? Yeah. Um, and if you know the Wookiee language, you can interpret you know oh Chewbacca. Okay, cool. Or you you wrote it down and I'm just gonna phonetically yeah. like I get it okay yeah to the second layer of this 
is Chewbacca going, oh yeah, this is my son. Yeah. And, and, and whatnot. And uh, how do you say that? Mommy. And, and, Chewba- say, oh, it's lumpy. and Chewbacca goes, you know what? Just call him Lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Chewbacca turns to his son and goes, they're going to call you Lumpy. And it's okay. That, that's how yeah. they say your name. Yeah. But meanwhile, Chewbacca's going <clears throat> <laughs> as the translator between the two groups. Like, I just have to imagine that that's how it went down. He's throwing shade on his own son, man. Totally cool. is. <laughs> it's my wife, Mala, and this is lumpy. <laughs> Damn it, Dad. He, he's low key trying to get him to work out more. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> this is my son, Lumpy. Yeah, he just sits around the house. Watching holograms. <laughs> but I digress. Um, so, Jeremy Bullock's estate. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Bullock passed away a couple years ago. And yeah. uh, uh, his estate put up all of his Boba Fett merchandise and screen-used assets for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised this brought in as little as it did. I would have thought it would be much more. Actually. Because holy crap, I would have gone thirds with this on you. Like if you can find another another buyer, like we'd have done this. Yeah. Like 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 it can live at your house on alternate weekends. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we would have done this. Yeah. Uh, and that is Boba Fett's memorabilia from the original star Wars trilogy Mm -hmm. sells for 155 pounds. This is the original screen used set of costumes, props, guns, everything, as well as his personal memorabilia that he collected over the years, including all of his stormtroopers and, and droids. And it it was quite extensive too. I, I and celluloids. Yes. Like original 35 millimeter, like cuts of the original trilogy. Like, holy crap. Um, 155,000 pounds. I I don't mean to sound like a a snotty rich guy, but good Lord. The amount of value that was probably in that estate is astounding, especially to the right collector. Yeah, that sounds like a real bargain. Yeah. I could have swore they were missing at least one zero on yeah. on this, this estate. I, I would have thought it wouldn't go for at least half a million. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I could have seen seven digits on this. Like I, I, if, if you would have told me what was in this, I would say, oh yeah, like Matthew McConaughey is stupid enough to drop seven digits on this. So, right, so right. surely, surely someone has it. I mean, Johnny Depp's money's tried up in litigation right now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> which he's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Not to get. Not to get into the weeds, but I I love that the defense's whole their entire defense is, is hinged on. We don't know if she actually wrote this op-ed. And in her opening statement in her mm-hmm. deposition was, "Why are you here today? I'm here because I'm being sued by, by my ex-husband for an op-ed that I wrote." It's like, Ugh. <laughs> I can just see the lawyer face palming. Like that's oh, their yeah. entire defense is. Yeah. Maybe she didn't write this. <laughs> great moment in court it's it's you know i watched like i've watched a few court dramas on tv 
But watching some of that live coverage of that trial, it, it's it's been honestly some of the greatest entertainment I'm not I've one, watched in a long time. I'm not I, one who's I, really I into like like Entertainment Tonight extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I am not into the celebrity scene or pop culture at all. Like I I could give a rat's behind mm-hmm. who's screwing who and who just signed a million dollar deal right. with this. Like I'm excited about the media they produce, but I I could care less about the person. About what's behind it, yeah. Okay, of course. Um but this court case has been Boy, if she hadn't already ruined her career, the acting that she's done on the stand done did that for her. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. How can you go go from Stone Cold Steve Austin to Battered Wife in in three seconds? Because she's like, and then they approached me. And what was he wearing? He was wearing his white leather jacket. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like ah, she didn't quite get the stage direction that time. No, no. The the bump of the cocaine off the tissue too. What's what's my motivation again, guys? What's my motivation? Oh right, I'm no longer gonna get alimony. That's okay. Okay, right, yeah. Crap, they're gonna go off my revenue now. I I can't do that. No, I'm I'm still living off that pirate money. (laughs) Anyway, this is exciting. Yes. This next one's exciting. Steve, did you read I like, this one? I Oh, no, no, I did more than just read this one. Thank you. <laughs> this is exciting. Yes. Duke Nukem Forever. The, the, the preempt to can Valve make a third game? Yeah. You know, we've got Left 4 Dead. We've got Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got Half-Life 1. We've got Half-Life 2. We've got Half-Life 2 Episode 2. We've got Half-Life 2 Episode Lost Coast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which can, was not much. Can Valve count to three for the love of God? No, they're just trolling us at this point. They, they really are. To. Like They're like, going gonna to have Left 4 Dead 4 before they have Left 4 Dead 3. Here is an amazing original franchise. It was so successful, we're going to make a second one. Let's do something else now. Like... <laughs> No, like at least Portal ended in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Like at least I can say that. At least at least yeah. Portal had a one and a Portal, two. Yeah, and you teleport at the top, and, two, and you're in a wheat two field. Two was absolutely great. Two, two, two was, was amazing. Two was um, like the pinnacle. Right. Um, but the meme is: Can Valve count to three? Do you know what the original meme was? When is Duke Nukem Forever Duke Nukem going Forever. to come out? Yep. Because exactly. Duke Nukem Forever is a game that was based off of Duke Nukem 3D. It was a sequel to Duke Nukem 3D, yep. which was a 3D Realms game on the build engine in 1996. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 96. I still, I still remember playing the hell out of it. Oh. I loved I loved Duke Nukem 3D. Right. So much more. Right. My parents wouldn't let me have it, but I had it. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't imagine why. Right. But <laughs> Maybe it had to do with Tossing 20s at strippers. I don't know. Yeah, shake it, baby. Yeah. Where else am I going to learn the proper amount to tip, Dad? Of course, yeah. I mean, you're not taking me to any strip clubs. Yeah. I got to learn it from, from from playing video games. Right. I didn't learn it from watching you. <laughs> Duke Nukem taught me everything. Right. Uh, taught me how to be cordial to a lady. Taught right. me how, you know. Uh, 
Yeah, Duke Nukem taught me how to be a man. If yeah. if, if it really comes down to it. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Duke Nukem Forever was always that that project that never became something. Right. It was for, the ultimate vaporware for, for so for long. For 20 years, it yeah. was Duke Nukem's coming. It's coming. Duke Nukem's coming back. And it's going to be big. Oh, yeah, baby. You know, it, yeah. it, it was... Uh, it was teased as the ultimate next generation thing before next generation meant anything. Like, like we were in the era of Nintendo 64 and they were just starting to like, GameCube was barely a twinkling in Nintendo's eye. We didn't oh, know yeah. what next generation console or PC meant. Right. And, and we're talking about a sequel to Duke Nukem 3D. And... It's going to be the next leap forward in gaming. Oh, it was yeah. supposed it was. to be Half-Life 12 years before Half-Life was Half-Life. Oh, yeah. When that trailer dropped, man. <sighs> man, that trailer was... That was uh, that got everybody's mouth salivating. Yeah, Everybody that, was like, oh, what was this that? is going to be E398? the best. E398? Uh, I think it was... Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but think about like the hype that Star Citizen or No Man's Sky yeah. or Cyberpunk 2077. Think about the hype that those games got. Duke Nukem was like way more. Duke than Nukem that. was bigger. Yeah. Duke Nukem at its peak was a bigger IP than any of those. Oh, yeah. Because um, at the time, okay, because like we had Duke Nukem 3D, which was a lot of fun, but it was, it was based on like a similar engine to Doom. And then we got Quake, and then we got Half Life, and the whole realm of like playing three in a three D true three D world just blew everybody's mind. And then Duke Nukem was like, "Well, we're gonna make a sequel. Yeah, we're gonna make it just like that." And everyone's like, "Amazing! Can't wait! Let's yeah. do this!" Hype was through the roof. Yes. So, uh, for those who don't know, Duke Nukem three D was built on the Build engine. It's an engine that also was famous for Shadow Warrior. Mm -hmm. uh for will shatner's tech net yeah that. Um, yeah that's right right yeah, <laughs> those were all build yeah, engine right. games it's a yes. very distinct and unique game engine mm -hmm. um anyway so duke nukem 3d was the precipice of that engine like it was like we've reached the finality of what we can produce with this engine uh Duke Nukem Forever was announced in 1997. Mm -hmm. Okay. Its first iteration was going to be Quake 2. It was going to be built on the Quake 2 engine. Quake 2 engine, yes. Uh, in 98, it was announced that it was going to be built on the Unreal engine. Uh, in 2003, it was announced that Take 2 was taking issue and potentially purchasing... Uh, gosh, what is the... Software company. Are you talking about Gearbox? 3D or? Realms. 3D Realms. Oh, 3D, Real well, 3D, 3D Realms. 3D Realms was the... Well, as Apogee, 3D Realms was... was yeah, a Apogee, company, yeah. 3D Realms. 3D Realms yeah. was the studio. Apogee was mm -hmm. the developer. Mm -hmm. or, or the studio house. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, there was... Like, this up in the air is Take-Two Interactive of Grand Theft Auto. Not even fame yet, but, like, the producer who eventually made Grand Theft Auto <laughs> uh, going to buy Duke Nukem. Um, uh, and then 2007, 3D Realms goes, we're out of money. 
We can't do yeah. anymore. We're declaring yeah. bankruptcy. Our studios are closing. That's it. That's it. They hung around until 2009 to their credit. Yeah. Uh, well, there there was, I mean, because like with this leak came out a lot of dialogue about, you know, uh, yes. 3D realms and stuff like that. And they, there's a lot of people that basically say that Duke Nukem Forever was the cause of their collapse. Mm -hmm. It was basically just, it was the bottomless pit that they just kept throwing money in that never came anything out of it. Now, now remember that I said there were at least three engines announced. It went from mm -hmm. the build engine to the quick two engine to the unreal engine. Mm -hmm. The reason that's important is because they were shooting to be the first, like Duke Nukem was released in late 95, early 96, something like that. Yeah. Around 96, 97. Around yeah. 96. Um, think around this time, what games were out. Half-Life wouldn't be a thing until 98. Nope. Mm -hmm. um, GoldenEye 007 wasn't, wasn't out until was even there. Yeah, we had Doom. Right, we had, we had Doom. And Wolfenstein. But as 3D. far as first-person shooters, it was Duke Nukem 3D in 1996, and then Quake and Quake 2 in 96 and 97. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you can also toss in, like, uh, Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight as a game that was also yeah. paramount in, like, first-person yeah. shooter uh, 97, like Duke Nukem 3D was right there in the mix of all of those major games. And so the fight was, we want to be the first game that defines what 3D first person shooting is going to be about. That was the goal. That was the, yeah. the goal from the, the onset. And we want it to be over the top and we want it to be the highest possible fidelity graphics and the smoothest gameplay and the mm. best physics engine that we can cram into it. And like the demands for management while admirable were also demands. Yeah. Um, and so originally it was going to be a modified build engine game where they were going to pull a Bethesda and go like, yeah, we'll take the build Let's engine and going. make like yeah. 3d models into it. And it looked terrible. And so they scrapped that and said, screw it, we'll go with Quake 2. Quake 2. We'll, we'll use Quake 2's engine. And but we'll we'll upscale all of the potential limitations. You know, we'll like triple the amount of, of polygons that we can use. And we can do this and this and mm -hmm. and it'll be amazing. And that's the trailer that dropped in 98 was on the Quake 2 engine. And it did look amazing. Mm -hmm. Like holy crap, looking into Duke Nukem's face and seeing a 3D rendering of Duke Nukem. In 1997, 98. Yeah. It was like looking Good. into the Eye of Neo, which, by the way, also released in 1998. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they weren't really happy with it. Like, they weren't getting where they wanted they, to be with they, it. They, they, what, the, what the deal was, from what I understand from reading different accounts and stuff like that, is they were so obsessed with making the game right Mm -hmm. uh, and they didn't really put a lot of resources on the team was very small. Yeah. So progress was very slow. The, and the team was like seven people. Yeah. It wasn't huge. And so they were, they were very focused on it. That's like all they did, but the, the progress is so slow that new technologies and new engines came out. And they're like, well, if we release this game now, we're going to be the laughing stock like, because yeah, no one cares about like Quake garbage. 2 anymore. Yeah, it's going to look like garbage compared to what's out there now. So, well, we have to. We don't want this to be ass. So let's go move it to the next engine. Yep. Well, that delayed it some more because they have to convert all the assets. They have to convert everything else and stuff like that. 
and everything's nothing's one to one ever so there's going to be a whole effort to make sure everything works in the new engine yeah so there's all this delay 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 Yep, and then and it, just when you think it couldn't be delayed anymore, they went, ooh, the Quake 2 engine's looking a little little long in the tooth. Like, yeah. man, that Unreal, she's the new belle of the ball. That's, yeah, that, that's the hot great. chick at the dance that you want to get with. Like, we need to take her home. Tell you what, convert all your assets and, and programming and whatnot again, and and we'll we'll do this again. So, <laughs> so at that point, 3D Realms is like yeah. flipping tables and whatnot. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so I can't imagine the the thoughts inside the 3D Realms developers I know. of literally working on this game for two years, having the table flipped on you, working yeah. on it for another two years to convert the work that mm-hmm. you did in the first two years into another another engine, and then going no 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 right. we're gonna we're gonna switch to the Unreal Engine now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it went through four engine changes from yes, announcement to it's insane. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the game that we ended up got getting was just should have, it wasn't great. Should have stayed vaporware. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was such a, I mean, to be fair, if the game that we got was what we got maybe right after Duke Nukem two, but maybe with a quake two engine, yeah, we probably would be okay. But like, okay, this is fine. You know? Right. It would have been okay. I mean, it's not groundbreaking, obviously, but at the time, but yeah. it would have been fine. Uh, I, I don't know. Did, were you able to download the 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 Git distribution and and? Uh, I have not taken a look at it, it yet. Okay. I kind of want to throw it onto Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a little kludgy. I yeah. I I I did download it. Did and you? I messed with it? Okay. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of the uh, Half Life Two leak. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have already messed with the leak and actually kind of made it a little more playable. But the copy that I got, you could play parts of the level, but the transitions aren't there. So you can get to a certain point. And then, and then you, you have, have to load to like, another map, right? You have to load another map yeah. and, then go, and then you can continue on. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the version that I have. And I've for seen a game some... of that day, that's not. Un... But yeah. But to be honest, if I were to play, if I was to play what was released in 2001, what was what was released now, I would have been happy. Yeah, I would have been fine with it. It'd be like, oh yeah, this is a Duke Nukem game. This is great. Yeah, and see, actually, it looks great. See, I I haven't even looked at at any like I read the article, uh-huh. and that's all I did. I I honestly I was playing it the other day because there's a part where you go because you're Duke Nukem, you own a casino, right? You go down to the casino floor, and you can actually play the slot machines and you can play video poker. I sat there and played video poker for at least twenty minutes. Nice. I said, I was like, I'll play some video poker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is kind of fun. I'm like, back in 2001, to be able to have that type of interaction, right. to actually play like the little mini game, would have been like, oh, this is super cool. Right. The The closest we got to that in Duke Nukem 3D was being able to hit the space bar on the pool table and right. bounce. I don't have, and, and I don't knock have the time to be forward. playing with myself. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no there, that was the Duke Nukem arcade game. Yeah. You you can press space in the arcade game. I don't have time to play with myself. Play with myself. That's right. Um, That's right. Uh, you could also use the bathroom. Yes, you can. You can use the you, bathroom in this one. You too. could urinate. Well, in fact, you can urinate anytime you want in this game. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be in the final one, but I know you can do it anytime you want. Well, I've seen the final one, and it's not great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the 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 interactivity of it was like 
it was kind of revolutionary for the time. And I think if they just yeah. kept with it and took that and polished it, yeah, it would have been great. It might not have been as big as Duke Nukem 3D. Who knows? But, but at the same time, they were chasing ghosts. They were. They definitely were. Um, they they couldn't get out of their own hubris. I think is what they they, right. they <laughs> just it? had to Starcraft have... Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They were chasing ghosts. They they were going. Um, we want to be the biggest, most technically advanced, most forward thinking, most interactive game that's around. The problem is you're not going to build that in two years. Yeah. And like they they released Duke Nukem 3D in 1996 and then said, we're going to start working on Duke Nukem forever now. And we want it to be the biggest, most expansive, polished, everything. Half-Life? What the hell is that? Well, Half-Life had been in development for four years before yeah, 1998, at, point, yeah. at which mm -hmm. it was released. Well, the 3D Realms team saw Half-Life and go, oh, crap. Well, well, now we got to beat that. Yeah. Well, this this release actually has. It looks. I would have to say it looks a little better. I, I can't really say for sure because it looks a little better than the than mind's Apple. eye is a really difficult judge. It's that's true. I I can't really say what I would have thought about it back then, but mm -hmm. there there are definitely some elements in there that weren't in Half Life. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some definitely neat things like. Uh, there there was a kind of an interface even with this this when you download it where you walk up to interfaces and then you put your cursor on it and then duke's finger comes out and you can move the finger around and he presses oh that's kind of cool and then you back up and it goes away and it goes back to the reticule for aiming your gun I like, I'm that. like well, that's that's really cool i had never seen that before yeah back in 2001 that would be completely revolutionary It'd be something completely different and neat that other games might have implemented but they didn't think it was good enough. I don't know. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, I hope somebody really takes this and runs with it and maybe actually makes it a comprehensive game that you can actually go from start to end. I think it could be a lot of fun. It could be. I think it could be. Uh, just going back and thinking about what could have been and playing what could have been, right. it, it'd be a lot of fun. The I thing mean, is... There's, there's even multiplayer levels in there that you can load up and play in. Yeah. The thing is, we've reached the point, and, and I could almost say this as of like maybe five years ago, we've reached the point where hardware and technological advancements really don't make the gameplay any better anymore. Mm -mm. And, no. you know, there's going to be some detractors going, well, blah, 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 looks amazing. Yeah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, looks amazing. But... Unless it's fun, it doesn't matter. Unless it's fun, it doesn't matter. Unless it's yeah. interactive or enjoyable or or thought-provoking or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, fun isn't the only descriptor that you need to go to just because it's a game. You can do, um, like, oh gosh. Uh, what's that? <sighs> Drawing a blank <laughs> on the name. The, uh, the girl with the blue face paints and the... Oh yeah, that's a very like narrative type of a thing yeah, to, the, to yeah. the game. Like Hell Hell Hellblade. Uh, Hellblade. Hellblade. Sinua Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah Sinua Sacrifice. That game. Yeah. That game is not fun. <laughs> okay. But it's an experience though. But right? it's an experience. Yeah. It's well, a hell of an a lot, experience. That's, that's a lot of the telltale games. Like it, some of the telltale games right. are very straightforward and they're just basically glorified choose your own adventure 
games. Yes. But yeah, there's they're, enough. They're, inter- they're modern day LucasArts point and clicks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're even dumber than that, to be quite honest. <laughs> right. Uh, but they, a lot of them have a compelling narrative. I'm not narrative. putting my lips on that. <laughs> yeah. They're, they have enough compelling narrative and a good storytelling to them that that's it, they're good games to play. Right. As, as I, I think we'll end with this because it's 1040. We should probably okay. wrap up a two hour show eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll live with this leave with this um if you are a young games developer an aspiring games developer Mm -hmm. take lessons from the game studios that came before you Mm -hmm. look at look at half-life and half-life 2 look at left for dead 2 look at portal look at look at uh grand theft auto look at you know, all, all of these magnificent games, Sinua Sacrifice Hellblade, look yeah. at um, Meat Boy, look at look at Mario. Oh, yeah. Take your inspiration yeah. and understand the technical limitations of the 8 and 16 and 32-bit and 64-bit era yeah. do not apply to you. Yeah. If, if, if the Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, can be the best rated game of all time. There is no reason that a game today needs more technical or storytelling acumen. Right. Yeah. Back then, the, and this is this is this is the biggest lesson from the Duke Nukem thing. They were chasing the technological aspect of it. They really wanted to make sure the game was the best looking and the prettiest thing ever, and totally discounting. Well, is this even fun? Is this even something that everybody would want to play? And that's, I think that was the mentality back then anyway. So, but nowadays, because you have a lot of indie developers that are focusing on what is interesting and what is fun. And I think that is, if you're a developer that's first starting out, that that's probably your number one thing to focus on. Look look at- What makes the game fun. Right. Look at some of the the cult classics and even like explosive hits uh, of the past 10 years. For God's sakes, look at Minecraft. Oh yeah, look Terraria. At, which, look at you know, look at Terraria. So look simple. At, look yeah. at Fortnite. Look at Roblox. Yeah. Look at these games are not technical marvels. No, by any stretch, not. like no. Minecraft runs on Java. For God's yeah. sakes, <laughs> I know. And no one It'll wants the on... Windows version. They want the Java version. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm thinking back to some of like the most fun games that have no story, have no point, um, yeah. and are just... Uh, have you Let ever me... tried Ravenfield, Steve? <sighs> Ravenfield. Ravenfield was like an itch.io demo of like... No. Um, before Fortnite or any of these other um, free-for-all uh, marathon shooters were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me look that up. Now, this is only a single-player game. But it's single player in. Uh, oh yes, yeah, Ravenfield. Yes, okay. I have. I do actually. Yeah. I have this. So yeah. it's it's stupid simple graphics. Super simple. It's like yeah, the the, the very blocky three D. Right. Your super simple blocky three D characters on a slightly more impressive, you know, geograph geographical map. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you've you're given like five weapons and and said. Go kill the other army. Yeah, it's super simple. And it's amazingly fun. 
Yeah. Um, you have games like Gunpoint. You ever played Gunpoint? Yes. Gunpoint is my favorite cult classic game of all time. Yeah, it's really fun. And, and it was amazing because, like, my son, who's like Because that probably five. could have run on an SNES. Yeah, so my, my son, who's five, right? And he has access to all these games, the best graphics ever. I loaded up the Atari 2600 Combat mm-hmm. tank game with the bullets that bounce off of things. <laughs> we sat there and played that for hours. And he laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed every single time he hit me. Right. Totally loved it. There's, there's, it's such a simple game. Such a simple, easy, fun game. And yeah. it, it's got nothing to do with graphics. It's got to do with what is fun. Yep. And that's all it is. Yep. Uh, yeah, if you can learn anything as a young game developer, as someone who strives to make like the next big thing, seek out fun, seek out story, uh, and let the technical things fall where they may. Like if 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 a technical masterpiece and a technical if a tech demo is what you want to make, then that's what you'll get. You will be graded on what you seek to gain a grade on. If if you seek to gain a grade for technical acumen and photorealistic graphics and and super accurate physics, that's awesome. But if you put, don't put any effort into voice acting or storytelling or gameplay or puzzle elements or anything else, yeah. a pretty game is just a pretty game, but it doesn't yeah. make it fun. Yeah. It's just a walking demo at that point. Right. And Who cares? maybe not even a good one. Not, so, yeah, maybe not a good one. Exactly. So yeah, uh, gameplay over graphics, story pl- storytelling over graphics, mm-hmm. gameplay over storytelling. Mm-hmm. Still. Still, fight me. Graphics are always nice. Don't <laughs> graphics are always nice. They're always nice. If you can, if you can combine graphics three, are like a distant hey, fifth. You're gonna get the masterpiece if you can do that. Oof. Yeah, but yeah. Y- you don't need all of those things to be a success. If you can put good graphics onto a good game, it's a better yeah. game. Oh yeah, of course. It, any bad game can have good graphics, though. Yeah, there's so, lots of bad games that have good graphics. There's a lot of bad games that have good <laughs> graphics. Yeah. Not gonna call anyone out right now, though. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a super interesting beer. Yeah, I, I opened my third already because I I polished mine off. Already. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> that was uh, among the most unique imperial barrel aged stouts I've ever had. Oh, okay. Because, like, you think barrel-aged Imperial Stout. You go, oh, motor oil, dark chocolate, coffee, roasty. This was 13.6%, but light-bodied, milk chocolate, playful. Wow. Like, it was, this is a different experience. This is, this is getting cotton candy when you're expecting a s'more. Wow, that's interesting. I don't think there's any better way because, to explain that. Well, I mean, because I've had I've had that beer several times, and but so, I haven't had this year's. And so have I. Like the 2020 so was yeah. was literally like, well, man, your forward focus is way past its. Well, date. that's that's why I picked up the fatality because I'm like, okay, I've had it before, right? But that was like three years ago, and yeah. they're making it their year release, their yearly release. So I want to see what level's going to do with it. So I picked it up. And, and and it did. It tasted different than what I remember. So uh, maybe that's the same thing with Rolling Thunder. They're just looing a little differently this yeah. time. 
Who knows? But this was good. good. Surprisingly good. Good, good. Because it's like you go, ooh, rolling thunder, and then you crack the top and you go, ooh, what? what is... That's not pouring, right? <laughs> I know. And then you take a drink and you're back to, ooh. Whoa, whoa that's weird. Whoa. That's weird. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the entire range of emotions I experienced mm-hmm. in this one beer. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for All episode right. 234 of Talking Heads. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to like this video if you did like it. Subscribe to the channel would be even better. I already said that, but hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm an old fashioned in a Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout in. Uh, join the Patreon if you like the content you see on the channel and want to help support us in what we do. Join the Discord server. You can chat with myself, John, Rest, Steve, all those from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. And uh, I think as always, we'll see you next bat time. Next bat. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good Lord. See you guys. Bye.